The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. I am Professor Snipe, and this is the Potterhood Podcast with Nico Wright and Will Poznan. You're here to enjoy the subtle science and exact art of podcasting. As there's a little foolish wand waving here, many of you will hardly believe this is magic. However, for those select few who possess the predisposition, enjoy the show. <laughs> Check, check, check. Oh my God. Will, are you here? I, you know I'm here. <laughs> Max, 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 are you here? Yeah, I'm here. Ladies and gentlemen, if you just heard from those responses, we're all here. My name's Nico White. And I'm this, Will Posnan. Oh, okay. And this is the Potterhood Podcast. Family, it's good to have y'all back, man. It's good to have yeah, y'all it's back. It's been a great minute. Great to be back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Been a little minute since we jumped on. Everybody good? I'm I've had a I've had a great week. Uh, what about you, Max? Uh yeah, I'm uh, I'm good. I um been working at the chicken place and I'm almost done with school. Two more weeks, so I'm I'm pretty good. Congratulations. And this can lead into our first topic. Nico, what's mm. it like being back on stage? Man, it feels, um, thank God, it feels good so far. And, you know, I'll be in Atlantic City on April 30th and May 1st, 8.30 shows each night. And I'm looking forward to that. But, dog, just to be just to be able to be in front of people and make them laugh at a volume close to what I like it, that makes me happy. I'm very, very, I smile a lot because of that. <laughs> yeah, we've yeah. been talking, and I feel like... Uh... Yeah, it's like it's like you got uh, a family member who is in a foreign country back in your life like this is it's it's kind of great because and I'll say this now that we're recording. I said this before we were recording. Um, I'm not even going to say in my opinion, uh, Nico's best comic in New York. Oh, he's in your city. You got to go see him. And I know how important it is to be on stage for you and. uh yeah, it's. I'm so glad that you get to be on stage regularly again. Ah, oh, man, thank you. I appreciate that. Ah, uh, you know how I am with compliments. Shut up. <laughs> Can't even look at the camera. Yeah, you're looking to the side like somebody just entered the room. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no, ain't nothing over there but a dresser. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's very kind of you. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. So now, having said that, y'all make sure y'all keep tuning into the Podhood Podcast. Rate us five stars on iTunes and all that good stuff leave a review and will who are we sorting so today is national superhero day okay uh, april 27th mm-hmm. in case uh, anyone is curious what day national superhero day is so we're all going to sort our favorite superhero so i don't know who that is for either of you Damn. uh but i know my favorite super villain is magneto but my favorite superhero is batman so that's who i'm going to be sorting Okay, I'm a, I'm a, um, damn, 
Matt, Fad, you just start, man. Go ahead. Do your thing. Okay. So I think Batman is a pretty fucking textbook Gryffindor. Like he's literally who Harry wishes he was. Like if Harry could just have Hermione stay home and invent stuff and then Ron clean his house and like massage his bruises, that would be his ideal. Like he doesn't want to go into battle with anyone else. He just wants to go in there with his broom mobile and his weird costume and he kind of wants to die in the battle. Like he would have preferred him and Batman both have that kind of death wish of like, well, we kind of know we're going to be okay. Cause this is a thing for kids, but this is a little bit too dark to be a thing for kids. And uh, yeah, I mean, as smart as uh, Bruce Wayne is and as uh, as loyal to his crew and he doesn't really have much Slytherin values in my mind, but yeah, I think he's thoroughly Gryffindor. Gotcha. And that is a straight to Gryffindor for Will Posner for Batman. Bruh, I hear you. I hear your Gryffindor. And I don't disagree. I don't know if I agree. Batman, <laughs> Batman got some qualities, man. Batman could be really dark and he could just like be really indecisive. But actually, you know what? I guess you're right because Harry never killed anyone. You know what I'm saying? When he could avoid it outside of Quirrell and... um. Voldemort. So I guess, yeah, no, actually, I take it back. Will's right. Griffin. That is a really good parallel, though. Like Batman's Expelliarmus is when he shoots guys with those little hooks and just hangs them by a little bat clothespin from like an awning or something. And you're like, this guy was shooting at you with the machine gun. And Batman's like, well, I can't hurt him. Right. Like, I can't. uh, Batman broke somebody's like collarbone once and they were like, yo, you need to relax. And I'm like, well, if you be, if you think about it, yeah, they're man, trying to kill him. It's like, yo, I am really just a human, bro. I'm not Superman or anything. If I don't get my cape on this, I'm I'm kind of hurt. That's like when Harry crucioed Bellatrix, and you know, if you were watching the movie with a group of people, they're all like, "Oh my goodness, Harry crossed Don't the line." But if, curse, yeah. but if you're reading the book, you're like. Harry, just Avada Kedavra that bitch. Like, why are you leaving <laughs> Bellatrix alive? Like, oh, it's too much. She addled Neville's parents for forever. Like, just kill her. Yeah. yeah. And then and then killed your uncle in front of you and laughed at you about it. Yeah. Yeah. Bellatrix no, if you, is cold, man. If you read the books and you thought that it was too far when Harry Crucio Bellatrix, like, what world are you living on? Earth, because that's definitely something an earthling would think. <laughs> Max, who you got, bro? Uh, I'm going to go with Spider-Man. Uh, ah. And I think he would probably be a Ravenclaw. He was like a nerdy, uh, he was like the nerdy smart kid in high school. But I think he's also funny. And I think I think there's a lot of stuck up Ravenclaws, but I just think um, uh, with like you know, he, the, there's like there are like also about like connections between like humor and like intelligence. Yeah. So although we didn't see any like actual funny uh, Ravenclaws, I bet that if someone was really funny at Hogwarts, they would be like the cool the cool Ravenclaw that's kind of uh, more to themselves maybe. So I think Max, Spider-Man's Ravenclaw. Max really likes Spider-Man because Spider-Man. Uh, Cause once Max moved out of Manhattan, he was like, man, I wish I had some webs so I could just web right back into Manhattan. Max <laughs> moved out of Manhattan for about 15 minutes. <laughs> hey man, I actually, I actually like Spider-Man a lot. And again, I can't disagree with you. Good choices. Jesus. 
All right. Pressure's on, but I pick Wolverine and I'm going to, it was kind of hard to place Wolverine because at first I'm like, okay, automatically Gryffindor. But then it's like, of course not. Wolverine's past is way too sketchy. He's been controlled by too many people. He knows too many dark things. He's willing to do dark shit. But at his core, heart of pure gold, only ever wants to be left alone. Can I make a prediction? Go ahead. I'm going to predict, and I'm only predicting because this is out of left field. I'm going to predict you're going to say Durmstrangs. Not bad. But I'm going to say Slytherin, bro. Just okay. because just because it's like it reminded me of a couple of Slytherins. Like I thought of Sirius Sirius Black's brother. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Regulus that seen the dark side, knows what it's like, and at a certain point decided to do more good than harm or try to do more good and harm than harm. In some way try to repent for it all. So yeah, for me, Wolverine is a first class Slytherin. But he's a really complicated one. He's kind of like Professor Snape in a way. He's that one person that's always running for, from something, and he's always connected to a very shady organization. The What's X-Men his big regret? Wolverine's. Oh man, there's so many. Yeah. I'm, so like, yeah. he's killed, or has been the reason a lot of his, you know, loves have gotten killed. He can live his. He heals automatically, so his lifespan is accelerated. He's outlived a lot of people that he loves. You know what I'm saying? He's been used as, as a weapon. His memories have been wiped. A lot of his life has just been told to him through programming. He hasn't even lived the shit. Yeah, no. I Once you said Slytherin and you drew the parallels to Regulus and Snape, I for sure see it. Like I saw the Victor Crumb stuff in terms of like people trying to use him and all of that. But I think that Victor Crumb kind of got lucky. Nobody fully was able to exploit him the way that Regulus or Snape were exploited. Right. And it's, you know what happens with people that have really big hearts? That means they feel like extremely in any direction. So when they're positive, they're the best people you want to have around. When they're negative, they're probably the most dangerous. And that's why people try to keep them manipulated. Even Professor Charles Xavier, who's a quote unquote good guy, is manipulating Wolverine. Do you see parallels between his friendship with Wolverine and Snape's with Dumbledore? Hundred percent. Yeah. Cool. And just like um, Dumbledore knows he can kill Snape, Snape, com- Snape comes groveling to him after he finds out about Voldemort wanting Lily. Dumbledore's like, I should just let him kill you. Like, I don't need nothing from you. And that's kind of Charles's energy, and I think Dumbledore is the type of person that would do this. Professor Xavier has what's called the Xavier Protocols, and they're they're like these deep dossiers on how to kill each particular X-Men, right? So if you wanted to kill Wolverine, you have to sever his head and get it a hundred yards away from him. Hmm. That's one of the ways to kill him, or you have to drown him. Gotcha. Doesn't he drown once, though, and he comes back to life? I thought he drowned in one of them. Nah, he had to be pulled out somehow. Gotcha. You know what I mean? But after a while, yeah, he's going to die. He can he can be drowned. So okay. those are your options. But again, it's like, oh, wait, my leader has this. And it's like, well, yeah, of course. Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, so yeah, that slithering for me. But great, great, great pull, bro. Jesus. Okay. Now I like this. So real quick, what would you say Professor X is? Is he more Gryffindor or Ravenclaw or Slytherin? <sighs> See, again, Professor X, it depends on like, 
all right, I guess I'll just speak for the most part. It gets, it depends on who's writing them, but for the most part, he's, I would say like Ravenclaw because Will, Will, was Nicholas Flamel in Hogwarts? Yeah, I believe he was a Ravenclaw. Let me look it up. But Okay. I think because he if he was a Ravenclaw, then I'll put him there. And if not, then I'll put him in Gryffindor because there's a definitely a Dumbledore vibe to him. But Charles is one of those people that he weighs his options, right? And whatever's the greater good or the lessest of two evils, he'll try to go that route. You're going to love is- this. Nicholas Flamel uh, went to Bobatons. Ah, look at that. Guess I was wrong. Might be having <laughs> Charles and um, Bobatons. Just because Charles has this thing of like, although he doesn't want to be in control, he's always in control. Yeah. Kind of like his own his own personal dark side. Yeah. No, it, it makes sense. He's running away from. Yeah. I that's one thing I always loved about the X-Men. I mean, that was my favorite uh comic to read as a kid. Um, and then I think like Really, when I say Batman, I'm really the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. I really, really like. So that's my favorite movie. But as a kid, I liked reading X-Men and the Hulk. And the Mm -hmm. things with those characters is they always had that emotional baggage that I really connected with. It was more multi-dimensional baggage to me than just Superman losing his parents or Batman losing his parents or Spider-Man losing his uncle. Like it was always just, it was always like a, a bunch of stuff going on. Like with Magneto, Magneto was, you know, he experienced the Holocaust and like this toxic human event. And it it's not even that the trauma from that event was what did him in. It was the understanding that humans were capable of such a low, low, completely influence his opinion of humanity moving forward, which is so realistic to me. And I always liked that the X-Men always had such complex trauma. Right. And it's crazy when you think about, and Harry Potter is similar in that way too. They were, they were able to get out these messages to kids at a really young age, which is why I don't know if we just started underestimating like what kids are capable of understanding between like 2007 to like now. Because when you think about the cartoons that we had and the messages that they had in them, I don't know if everybody was just watching like stuff that was meant for the age above them or if they were giving us a little less attention and putting shit a little bit more highbrow out. I think that kids have a magnetism for art and entertainment that is a little bit above them. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we were kids, the adults didn't know that we were watching shit, even like, uh, I don't know. I mean, even something like uh, a show like Doug or whatever, like, I don't think that the adults probably looked at it and went, oh, it's just a cartoon show. You know, it's probably pretty innocent. And they didn't know that, you know, characters on that show got humiliated, whether it was Roger or Doug would have stuff happen to him or Patty, like, interesting stuff was happening on those shows. And I think similarly kids today, like young kids, 10 year olds are probably watching crazy shit on YouTube and we just don't know about it. And those same themes are being brought to them too young 
but they're going to take them and run with them in stride. And basically what Will is saying is that we, we all get old, ladies and gentlemen. We all Dude, get old. There was somebody who was being discussed as, a, oh, I was listening to this hip hop show on YouTube and they called Andre 3000 old school and it fucking hurt. <laughs> hey man, I'm that, I don't is that know. old school Andre 3000? I, I don't know. That's like, that's old school. like, like cool G rap. Nah, I don't think so, man. I think they right. I think that's old school because it's with, it's within like 20 years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let it be old school, dog. It's Let it be old school. The old weird sisters. The weird sisters don't complain. That's true. Yeah, the weird sisters are old. Dude, Harry probably felt so old when he brought up the weird sisters to his kids, and they're like, "Who are you Dad. talking about? Why are you talking about them? And who can we play at this party? Do they even do that anymore? Like the Yule Ball and all that shit? I, they probably well. Do they do? Do they do the Triwizard Tournament ever again? That's an interesting question. Cedric would dies. You, would would you do, do the? Would you yeah. do it again? If you're the headmaster of Hogwarts, would you do it again? And why? Go. Well, I'm going to say no. So the answer. Okay. If I really, I'm not going to do a life-threatening Triwizard Tournament, and I'm not going to do. I don't like the fact that the Triwizard Tournament is one wizard or witch from each house or from each school. <laughs> I thought it should have been teams. I really feel that way. Like, yeah, I think it should have been a team of like 20, maybe even 50, like try to incorporate as many people as possible. I always thought that that aspect of it, of we're going to judge our school by just the best motherfucker. I thought that was corny. I was like, you can learn so much more about a school from whoever their worst person is than who they're like, look at Victor Crumb. It's like, who's the second best Quidditch player at Durmstrangs, they probably suck. I'm probably better than them. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. Would there be any other changes that you'd make to the tournament? I, I mean, I wouldn't do life-threatening stuff. I would do, like, a lot of more brain puzzly. Like, Hermione would dominate my tournament because there would gotcha. be no life or death. It would just be how... It would, it would probably be boring, kind of like the owls or something, like the tests. Got it. Max, how about you, man? Um... I think I would stick to it and I think I would just beef up security like crazy. <laughs> I would be like, we're oh, not you got bouncers for a dragon? Huh? <laughs> you got bouncers for a dragon? Dragons yeah, just be like, we're not gonna I would be like, it's the the cup's never gonna be a port key again. Like that's just <laughs> <not happening. laughs> that's, it's gonna be a, a trophy one. and I'm standing <laughs> next to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or it's like, we're going to, uh, uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to send, if and the kids go anywhere, we're going to have a way to track it, send the dragons there. It does, it's yeah. going to be, just we're going to track up. it. We're going to use GPS. Arthur Weasley's going to attach GPS to all the wizards and witches. Yeah. And you're not going to be scared of a, how can of they Voldemort. Not follow it. How can, <laughs> how can in a world of like port keys, how do they not have a method of being like, where did it go? I think, um, I think Moody, did something to it because remember no, he did something specific you think in general well, barty crouch jr but yes barty crouch jr yeah. but yeah, <laughs> yeah either way that's close enough to the ministry you think about it barty crouch jr is close enough to barty crouch senior and if there is because it's almost too big of a plot hole to be like yeah how could you not track it <laughs> yeah no for sure you know that unless would be it really, was altered it would be inexcusable if fudge is just watching like a marauder's map of the graveyard and it's just like cedric voldemort harry <laughs> and he's just in there 
He's not back. Get out of here. This is a glitch. He calls in his secretary. <laughs> but I number- like the teams. I don't know if I would go full 50, but mm-hmm. I like if, if it was like each school did like teams of like three, like trios from each school and working <laughs> together, I think that could be cool. Yeah, but there would be a lot of drama when uh, the Hogwarts team is like Harry, Hermione, and Luna, and Ron's just got to watch him pretend to be happy for him. Well, he's just going to have to get over it. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I I definitely keep it right. I keep the Trial Wizard tournament and I keep the life threatening aspect, too. But when I say I keep the life threatening aspect, I mean, more like in simulation. You know what I mean? Like we'll put something on you to where it will only simulate the feeling of drowning. You know what I'm saying? You come out the water and like whatever that amount of time is. But this is to be understood. This is what you're up against. You know what I mean? You have a virtual reality Triwizard tournament. Like paintball. People are miming like they're swimming through the thing, but they're just running across the Quidditch field. Nah, nah. nah. You really going into that lake, dog. I'm saying yeah. when it's time for you to like drown after they hold you under the water for a certain amount of time, they let you go after that certain amount of time. Like whatever yeah. drowning is, you get like a minute, 30 seconds under that. I, I don't believe that anybody would have died during that task, no matter what had happened. I yeah, think that yeah. was the safest task. I'll say right. that. So I task, think, go ahead, bro. I just think somebody could have easily died during the dragon task or the maze. But I think that task, nobody nobody was dying no matter what. Right. And I and I agree with you on the teams thing. I actually think that's a great idea. I would make it, um, first we do it in the school and then the best team of the school, like maybe four per house and maybe even four per year. Who gives a shit? And then, <laughs> With the best ones, they're the ones that compete in like the global trial wizard tournament or what have you. But you gotta include more schools. I oh I like that too. I like including more schools. When you were reading that book, did you as soon as they specified Floor and Victor Crumb and stuff, did you go, Oh, these are obviously gonna be the choices for the other schools? Yeah, because that I was, was just one of those that was one of those things in um literature that's not even that I was even any good at it. It was specifically that they were teaching that. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. they introduce a character, you like when you're taking notes, that's what you know, because that must mean that, right. That must mean this person's going to be of some type of importance. So of all the people that came in, they're describing the number and it's like only Flora Delacure. <laughs> all right. Note for that. And then sure enough, she was the only one to this day that I know. It came from Bobatons. Her, her and um, Nicholas Fumel. New information. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the, other, the other change, though, that I would say is that uh, you just don't do it at Hogwarts again. <laughs> you just yeah, yeah, the, yeah. You Great stay point. out of the UK. You're like the, uh, like, with all Whoever the Whoever let it happen at Hogwarts. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Two years country. after the Chamber of Secrets and one year after Sirius Black. And they're like, you know where we should have this. Yeah, the country where shit's always going down. It's just like nothing like that's happening in Germany or like anywhere else. It's just like, why are we going to the UK? That's like the like <laughs> craziest part of the wizarding world. You would think Kakarov would have been like a bigger uh, like opponent of that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. his scar had to have burned at least a little bit. I would have been like, yo, so y'all don't want to come over here? He Does everybody except Snape? Oh, so shouldn't he, Voldemort have at least some pull over in Germany if he has uh, Kakarov? Mm, you would think, yeah, but then why wouldn't he, he hide in Germany? And he went to Bulgaria where when uh, 
when he was at his weakest, Voldemort did. He went to the forests in Bulgaria. But, you know, you're right. Karkaroff should have pulled out on some moral high ground bullshit. Like, look, I just think that Hogwarts did a terrible job with the serious black botch execution. And I don't want to put my students in harm's way. And yeah, send I had out an email to all the parents. Quidditch player, the most <laughs> prized Quidditch player on earth. Like. He would have outed that he only cared about one of his students. Too. He'd be like, look, I don't want there to be risk to Victor Crumb. Or apparently we have other students here, but who's to say? But ain't nobody writing their names down in the book, bro. They ain't even getting illustrated, dog. <laughs> it was Victor Crumb, Kakarov, and 100 silhouettes. <laughs> That's true. It was those two and just a bunch of mannequins behind them. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely keep it. I also add the teams, but above all else, I'm putting all the wands of everybody that are in there on safety mode. Like certain spells you cannot use. No, you can't torture a person. No, you can't throw reducto at an opponent. No. But Filipendo, the knockback jinx, do all you want. I love it. I think that we've made it better. I think that, you know, from a reader's point of view, maybe they want characters to have their life risked, but for well, the parents, still risk. yeah. Yeah. I think that if you're the parents of one of the kids at Hogwarts or wherever, yeah, I think. And I also think that I, I was kind of bummed that it was at Hogwarts because I wanted to go to another school for that. Yeah. Year. Once I realized that other schools are coming there, I was like, I would much rather this year take place at one of those other places. I would have made a lot of things make more sense too, like Ron being jealous. Because when you think about it, Ron didn't really have a real reason to be <laughs> super jealous of Harry once he had to see how much work Harry had to do. Like Ron, you know what I mean? Ron was against all that, having to study deep and all that shit. So him being so caught up in that, like Harry hasn't had the most attention on him the whole time. You could yeah. almost say Harry had more attention on himself the first year in comparison to the Triwizard Tournament. I think that you're making an excellent point. And I think that Loki, Ron didn't have a problem with the attention Harry was getting. He had a problem with the lack of attention he was getting relative to Harry. And I think that first year and the second year, you look at, you know, second year, Ron's best friend, their best friend in Hermione gets paralyzed and, uh, and Ginny almost dies. Third year, Ron is crucial to the rescuing mission up until his leg gets cut or whatever happens to him. Like, yeah, he just knew that fourth year he was like getting boxed out by the rules and he was, he was going to miss out. Fair enough. Fair enough. But now if they get to travel too, if they get to travel, then this jealousy makes a hundred percent sense, especially if Harry can't bring the whole squad with him. Dude, the only person that benefited from that tournament being at Hogwarts was moaning Myrtle. (laughs) Oh yeah. Weird. (laughs) When she found out about the eggs, that was the happiest day of her post life. Of her post life. (laughs) All right. I think we killed that one. What's next? Okay. We got a, this is in regards to the, the meme I sent you. So I sent Nico a meme about Hermione uh, in, in uh, the first book or the second book, one of them, Ron asks her to like hex other Slytherin uh, Slytherin players during a Quidditch game. And she goes, I would never interfere with a Quidditch tournament. That's unethical. And then meanwhile, in uh, the fifth or sixth book, she's like, 
just messing with everybody to try to get Ron on the Quidditch team. And she's completely uh, changed her tune. And the question is, does Hermione have moral fiber? Because there's actually a couple of moments throughout the series where Hermione throws her entire code out the window. Another notable one is uh, when she weaponizes the centaurs and grop against Umbridge. Like that's a thing that, you know, she doesn't believe in using magical creatures as weapons, but she does that. Like it's just, I'll think of a few more during the course of this conversation, but Hermione's always, uh, you know, she, she doesn't necessarily stay true to her pillar, her ethical pillars in key moments throughout the series. Okay. I don't, she's a hypocrite because <laughs> in the meme, she's telling Draco that nobody had to buy their way in. From yes. Gryffindor. They got in on sheer talent, right? And then it's like Hermione in the fifth, was it the fifth? The fifth, the fourth or fifth book, whatever one. The fifth. Yeah, the, fifth. the fifth. And then she confundos somebody so Ron could get on, right? Now, <laughs> yeah, these are very extreme situations, right? Like, yeah, I remember with Umbridge, sure, she, quote, weaponized, unquote, the giants and centaurs. centaurs. Or did she just give them a way to fight back against somebody that just like choked out a centaur? And I think that she she created an environment where they had no choice. Like she put the two groups that hated each other in a boxing ring together. Mm. I can't argue with someone. Like she forced the issue. I you know what I think thinking about it is that. Uh, the moment where Dumbledore tell, gives Hermione permission to use the time turner for non-ministry specified stuff, mm-hmm. he corrupts her forever. He corrupts Go her forever. That. I don't know if he'd be interrupted for that. You don't think she was corrupted by that? I think that was the moment that... Like, Go ahead. I'm going to let you go uninterrupted for a few minutes. Oh, okay. That. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that, you know, she viewed Dumbledore as this impeccable authority figure. I think she viewed the ministry as this impeccable authority figure. And once those two forces disagreed on something and she was allowed to choose between them instead of having to go with the party line, it gave her an opportunity to go, hey, maybe I just do whatever I think is right all the time. And I can still have this moral code in terms of like, this to present to people, but ultimately I'm going to judge everything else on a case by case basis going forward and kind of do what the fuck I want moment to moment. And I can still present one way, but I'm not obligated to stand true to that because I can't predict the future. I don't know that, you know, maybe one day I'll get this top secret thing from the ministry. And then my favorite authority figure adult at my school is going to give me permission to go against the ministry. I don't know. Like, you know, Hermione uh, is the pioneer of Dumbledore's army. That is, I mean, that doesn't go against her moral code, but it is a subversive act within that society. And uh, I think that moment with the time turner was really big for her 
in just understanding that she got to make the rules and she didn't have to go by society's rules. Okay. Got you. Great. Um, breakdown. I think, um, that year, cause that's the third book, right? Yeah. Hermione did become a bit of a tyrant. You know what I'm saying? These are character traits that kind of persisted. And again, if you think of the cursed child, it's, it's canon. Then I think those traits almost got came out even more because her in that divination class, when she wasn't good at something or overwhelmed her a bit, she just tossed the crystal ball. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. You know, now I don't know if that means she doesn't have a moral fiber, but I think like everyone, she decides when and when she could break the rules. Yeah. You know, and if she deems it minuscule enough or deems you a threat enough, she will use her information to do what she has to. Yep. I I think that especially you're out of right. desperation. I think you're hundred percent right that I think that the stuff with Trelawney in the beginning of that book teased and foreshadowed her later going. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to break rules if I want to, because for that whole year, that was like a point of contention for her was that she was in this class with this teacher who she didn't respect. And that was the first time in her life she'd ever experienced a situation where she didn't have faith in the authority. Right. Because it was something that she couldn't be good at, something that you can't learn. You have to have the spirit for it. Do you think that, that was why she didn't respect Trelawney or do you think it came down to that Trelawney was on a completely different wavelength? Like, do you think it was more divinations as a subject or do you think it was almost like Trelawney was like a Oscar winning actress trying to communicate with a Naval Admiral and they're just on like, you know, like a Marine where it's like, Two, one person's like, you know, artsy or whatever, and the other person's like mission oriented and they just on completely different wavelengths. It could be that, but I think it was more Hermione not respecting somebody that like looked like her and not like McGonagall. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, you're not regal. You're not legendary. You ain't done shit. And this thing is hard for me and I'd rather be somewhere else. And she was kind of cheating if you think about it because she gave herself an advantage that not now, not not a lot of kids had. Yeah, you're taking more classes like that's kind of unfair. And what about this? She's in divinations with a time turner. You go, hey, predict what'll happen next week. Okay, I'll tell you. I'll go to next week and I'll just write it down, and that's then I'll funny. come back. Like she should go to the future. I think. Oh, good point. I didn't hmm. go to the future. I think you just go back and come forward. Yeah, you just go back and wait it out, I guess, right? Or no, you. I think you do go to the future because I don't think they just... Let, let me find that out. Can right. you time Turner to the future? Uh, the time Turner in the books is an hourglass at the end of a gold chain. You use it by flipping it over end, by, end over end to turn back. There is no two-mode operation here. You can't time Turner in one direction for the past and another for the future. Yeah, you can only go back to the past. See? Got you. 
Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's not a good sign that I hear about the time turner and my first impulse is how can you cheat at Hogwarts? But hey, uh, dog, you ain't never been to Hogwarts. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, I, I think that if, uh, if I would be right there with Fred and George figuring out all the ways to like, if I was Harry, I would use that invisibility cloak to steal answer sheets probably at least once a month. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. A hundred percent. I can't say that I wouldn't because I most likely would. I mean, Harry yeah. uses the 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 school book of the Half-Blood Prince like Harry has no problem with cheating in his classes. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I would definitely learn to be, like the best like fighting spells because that, that's mm-hmm. my shit. I would be out all day just pop shot and shit trying to get my aim right. <laughs> and just yeah. open the, like. Because I would never want to like see a death feeder, but I'd definitely be one of those kids like, yo, if you pull up, you better do it right. I would be going everywhere by broom. That would be my thing is I would be like just brooming everywhere. I don't know why they ever walk like <laughs> you can just if I want to go to the another part of the building, I'm just leaping out a window with my broom and going that way. But you look like Slughorn after five years. <laughs> yeah, I look like a Walmart greeter just <laughs> brooming around. Uh, yeah, no, it's it, you're right. But I think brooming probably it takes some exercise. Like Quidditch players are always generally in shape, except for like sometimes the beaters, not so much. Yeah, and you probably have to like you probably get tired after a while too. Yeah, remember there's no back support in that thing. Like, yeah, unless you're like Moody's because his was like a wheelchair. But they make they make like all kinds of like they make minivan brooms. I think we've talked about it on the podcast. Oh, do they really? Yeah. When when some of the families were going to the Quidditch World Cup, they were taking these five person, seven person brooms that have like chairs on them and stuff. Oh, okay, never mind. If I could have something that's like built like a buggy car or something like that, (laughs) I'd be cool. You know what I'm saying? That'd be all right. As long as it got some sides, I wouldn't be able to be like just holding that shit flying over the Nah. Yeah. Cause I'd, I'd run into this. I'd run into something stupid, like a clothesline. Cause I couldn't see it. <laughs> yo, this wire is too thin, yo. <laughs> uh, What's our next thing, man? We got to keep this up while Max is still excited. So this one, this one's a little weird. I don't know. Uh, what's this is a podcast about one. Harry Potter. This damn near three years old, bro. No, so the Arthur Weasley award recurring segment who would you take with you to the jake paul fight (laughs) would i take with me the jake paul fight i mean at the gate hagrid's a strong candidate you know he's gonna enjoy it for all of its craziness yo bro (laughs) but if i'm gonna do that i gotta take big slughorn with (laughs) i gotta take big slughorn man because i feel like me and big slughorn gonna have a lot of fun yeah, you know what I'm saying because Slughorn going to try to get you into every party and you going to get into every party because he going to game his way in. Slughorn's going to somehow impossibly be friends with Snoop Dogg, too. Like the Slughorn's going to be friends with all the people at the fight that you'd want to be friends with. And the other people are going to, you know, Logan Paul is going to come up to Slughorn and Slughorn's going to cold shoulder him in a really classy way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fam. Uh, so 100% Slughorn, but there's some strong candidates like just across the board. So I actually thought about Professor Trelawney, little weird ass. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just to take her out and see see her in something like that. Like see her, see the like, see her, see or try to see the fights. Can she see? She can see. 
Okay. But she got so those like, thick glasses, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Gotcha. So yeah, ha- have her there. Let's see who else. Who else was like fluffy? Because <laughs> because like why not roll up to a fight with a three headed dog? Because who else? Who else? Is, who else fly like that, man? Yeah. Who else fly? Hagrid though. Hagrid can have the three headed dog. Well, you you could take Fluffy to this one, but the next one, if it's against Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, Floyd Mayweather's leaving with Fluffy. Like, he's going to buy... I don't know what your price is, but Floyd Mayweather's going to offer you $40 million for that dog. And he will have a dog. (laughs) He will have a brand new three-headed dog, but only for eight. (laughs) Yeah, those are are, um, my choices right out the gate. How about y'all? I think, besides Hagrid, the one who comes to mind is McGonagall. Like, I think McGonagall's an excellent sports fan. Uh, you know that when she's hanging out with Aberforth and them, she likes to get drunk. She's fun when she, when there's no kids around, she can be fun. And I think like she would have great commentary. And then low key, no matter what happens, McGonagall can protect you. Like right. she is very com- like if whoever whoever acts weird or whatever, McGonagall, you feel confident with McGonagall, and she's not going to escalate a situation like Hagrid, but she'll handle it. Definitely book McGonagall. I agree. Okay. Max, who you got, man? I would take uh, either Fred or George. I think <laughs> you can't bring both. I think one of them, because it's already such a shit show. It's already <laughs> such a spectacle that, like, I just would want to see how one of them would contribute to Max, it. Right, right. They're going to get you in a fight. They're going to get Fred and George <laughs> are going to get you, not them, in a fight with probably a Paul. Some Paul, well, it Max might be Chris gonna Paul. Beat, Max going to beat the shit out of them, too. <laughs> Matt, yo, yeah. Max going to hit them with an uppercut so fast. Wow! <laughs> yeah, I would not take Fred or George. I just know that's the opposite of McGonagall. Fred and George are going to start a melee and then crawl out of it like Bruno. <laughs> Neville. Pull up with Neville, fam. Neville is strong. Because I feel like Neville will have that surprise good time. And you'll end up you'll end up with some girls after the fact. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. because they thought he was dope. You definitely don't want to pull up with Pansy Parkinson because she's probably hooked up with both Pauls. God <laughs> damn. <laughs> Not both Pauls. <laughs> why why are there two Pauls? They both fight? No, there's one of them's a podcaster, YouTuber guy. No, they both and fight. Then, they both fight? Uh Dude, uh, Logan Paul's going to fight uh, Mayweather. I thought that Jake Paul was the one who fought. No, they both Really? I think, I think Logan's a better fighter, actually. Really? Yeah. A lot yeah, of people one, really think that's Jake Logan's Paul. actually trying to fight real fighters. Jake just fights, like, other YouTubers and, like, retired athletes in their 30s who, like, never boxed. Which one fought Ben Askren? That was Jake. That guy's not Ben Askren's not a YouTuber. Like people, I will say no, this. No, but he's he was a he was a wrestler. He wasn't. He I know. Boxed. Look, I know he never boxed. I, and I know that there's and a lot like of good reasons set. to criticize like the Pauls. I know that Ben Askren never boxed, and he's he's a grappler. And I know there's a lot of good reasons to criticize the Pauls. That is the most unfair thing that people are like, oh, he's a mixed martial artist who didn't specialize in strike. He's still an MMA fighter. Like that was impressive if that fight was not fixed. CM Punk was a 
WWE superstar. I saw him beat Big <laughs> Show, bro. And he got in a <laughs> MMA ring. And I, yo, I ain't never seen somebody tap out so fast. Yeah, no, MMA is legit. And beating Ben Askren in a boxing match, even beating Nate Robinson, like Nate Robinson's an incredible athlete yeah. who had a little bit of a sparring background. You know, he does boxing like everybody does for exercise and stuff. Like mm-hmm. for a guy who's just a YouTuber, who's not a pro athlete to beat these guys, especially Ben Askren, like yeah. it's a little bit impressive. It's not the Ben not Askren one is more impressive than the other ones that he's sure. gone. But I mean, I think they're going to get destroyed like by Mayweather. Yeah. Yeah. Logan Paul's going to get destroyed by Mayweather. When's this happening? Um, I think in like a month or two. May- Mayweather's just got to buy his fluffy first. Yeah. Yo, what, what if, what if, what if he loses, bro? He won't. Dude, in hindsight, you ever rewatched the fight with Connor kning the outcome, the Floyd Mayweather, Connor McGregor fight? Mayweather let Connor make contact a couple times. Like Mayweather a couple is times. so much better at boxing than everybody in boxing. When he fights non-boxers, it's like, you know, when you deal with a heckler and they're not yeah. even good for by heckler standards and you're like, man, this is boring. Like, I almost wish you didn't heckle because it's going to be so easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like Mayweather, it's like that. It's like you're not even you're not even there's not even like that trickle of sweat down the back of your neck. You're like, this is. Yeah, no, he let Mayweather was making money. He let that shit go on. Mayweather was fighting him. That's how you know this was fixed. Not fixed, but like it yeah. wasn't him being himself. Mayweather doesn't time, go in. The last time Mayweather even had to focus was Canelo Alvarez. Jeez. He's so much better than these guys. He can fight like he fought Pacquiao and he probably didn't even over, like train any different than his just like standard July. Now that said, who would you like in like just Fitness wise, who would you like in a uh, Floyd Mayweather to in Harry Potter from who you've seen? Uh, I think, I mean, the first two names that came to mind for me were Snape and Voldemort, which is not the most flattering thing, but I think that I think it's a lot like Voldemort. I think Voldemort can tell when he's way better than somebody, like mm-hmm. what Mayweather did against Pacquiao when he caught him. But like Mayweather, Voldemort doesn't like fighting people who are at his level. And Mayweather didn't want to wait three years for Canelo to reach his prime. He wanted to catch Pacquiao after his prime. Like Mayweather would rather not fight a guy during their prime. And that's very Voldemort. And at the same time, Voldemort is one of the three or four most competent wizards in the whole Harry Potter universe. And Mayweather is one of the three or four best boxers of all time. And there you go. Now, after that, brother, what, what what do we even follow this up with? You tell me. Uh, another Arthur Weasley topic. Who do we think is Arthur's favorite kid? We always talk about who Molly's favorite kid is. Who do we think Arthur's is? And then we got a sorting after this, and then we're done. Hmm. Bill. You think Bill? Bill got out. I hear that. I, I hear that. Charlie got out, too. But Bill got out, but kind of stayed one foot in. Charlie had to go all the way out. Who went to Romania? Charlie went to Romania. Bill went to Egypt. Wait, I don't. 
all I know is that Bill had the wedding with Floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty he's sure the one Charlie, that got turned into a werewolf. Then no, not him. Yes, I'm talking about the Charlie other went to Romania. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie, that's what I'm Romania. talking about. Charlie left. Charlie seems really happy with his life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We don't know him to be as miserable as Ron. Ain't nobody died. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna I'm go. I'm gonna go Charlie. Okay. And Charlie seems to be stable and successful. He does something really niche. <laughs> Max, who who do you got? I'm gonna go with um Bill, and I think marrying Fleur probably plays into it. I think he's just yeah. like, like yes, yeah, his pops yeah. like fist bumps him every other day. Like you, you know you're my kid, right? Oh, I yeah. thought I thought you were saying that shit about the grandkids. I thought you were saying though, oh, like you get you bring the grandkids and you become the favorite. Like no, I think, the first I, one think I think it's that he's like my son married such a hot woman. That's pretty now good. that shit is just that's that's from corny R movies. Only in corny R-rated movies does the dad go, "Hey, you're my favorite kid because you had a hot wife." That shit's weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's weird, huh? Oh, it's okay. weird to say it. Yeah, I think so. I don't so. think he would say it, but I think he's going like to say inside. it. He has like a thousand kids. He ain't going to say it. But every time, <laughs> every time he pour a beer, I'm sure Bills is all the way to the top, to the top. See, Max, I thought you were going to go with Fred and George again. I was going to, uh, I was going to do that first, but then I, I wanted to change it up. There you I go. appreciate, I appreciate uh, the uh, the theory that. He that he gets elevated because he married someone hot. I love that idea. I'm gonna go Ginny again. I think Ginny's the favorite of both parents. I think yeah. that when I just think that maybe it's the because kids feel away for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like you know maybe it's because I got uh, maybe because I got a daughter, but I just think like the dad daughter thing, and then you got all these sons, and then you got the one daughter and it's your youngest too. So it feels like extra your responsibility. And she's a tomboy. She's into, you know, sports and stuff. And that feels like a connective thing, even though we never, I mean, Arthur's into the Quidditch world cup. We never really see his Quidditch love beyond that, but clearly it seems like he was the Quidditch guy more than Molly. And you look at which kids were into Quidditch it was all of them except Percy. Like that seems like a connective thing. It seems like Percy and Arthur, you know, Percy was probably Arthur's least favorite, but then at the same time, he probably loved him the most. That's kind of how it goes, right? Like Mm. if you have seven kids and there's one who you can't stand, it's probably the one who you secretly love the most. That's so funny because it reminds me of like, again, I'm a big anime nerd and Max, you know, this trope that they use a lot of, well, we going to have the, um, we going to have like the student, one student of whatever sensei is like just horrible, but that's the sensei's favorite student. Mm-hmm. And the student that's like the good kid always gets like the brunt of the shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, 100%. I can that see comes that. from a that comes from Christianity. I mean, it might have been invented before Christianity, but there's a Christian, uh, I guess, folk tale that's really famous where it's about two sons and one of them does everything the dad wants, and the other one is terrible, and he have, he eventually like runs away from home and he's gone for ten years, and then he comes back 
And there's like, I guess the moral of it is supposed to be that like, um, you're supposed to value a, a person or a student or a kid who has like a really hard time learning the lesson, but gets to that same point even more so than the kid who had the easy time. It's like a, it's a famous parable, but I butchered it. So people, if you've read all the Harry Potter and you want to read some Christian folk tales, it's definitely available on YouTube. You just Google a bunch of stuff having to do with what I just said. You'll find it. It's a common writing trope, fam. So y'all should yeah. look that up. And champ, you tell me what's next. So today is not only National Superhero Day, it's also National Blueberry Pie Day. So we're going to sort blueberry pie. Will, you <laughs> are a national something, bro. You are a national treasure. Is there a better pie than blueberry pie? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Interesting. Absolutely. I can name three. Are you going to say pecan, apple, and... Sweet potato. Uh, sweet potato and sweetest of sweet potato pie. You can't um, just name three, three times, like... Well, fair enough. The, yeah. I'm going to do sweet potato pie. I will do... I'll do apple pie. Fuck with apple pie. See, now nah, that's a cake. I can't say cake. I can't say cheese. Do you like key lime pie? Key lime pie is the one I might put above blueberry. I fuck with key lime pie, but blueberry pie, like, it's this dope, bro, but mm, best pie, hell. <laughs> you don't like blueberry pie? I, I I don't know if I've had like like a deep dish full blueberry pie. I'm sure it tastes amazing. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll peach cobbler is not a pie. No, it is. I think, and you're right. Peach cobbler oh, is an oh, excellent oh, pie. Oh yeah, it, yo, come yeah, on. yeah, yeah. God bless blueberry pie though. I'm a, I'm gonna put it in a. Wait, wait. I'm put it in the peach garbage. cobbler pie needs a month. It needs a whole month. I'll put that joint <laughs> right in the garbage. Blueberry pie. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> Enjoy your first deal. Like how quick this just turned into ranking pies. <laughs> Max, are, do you agree with him though? Do you agree that blueberry pie is not a top tier pie? I like blueberry pie, but I could also probably put like three. I would take over uh, blueberry. Yeah, I like um, I like I don't know. I like the strawberry uh, rhubarb pie. Um, <laughs> I like um, I would go pecans. I like pecan pies a lot, and I strawberry. I like Strawberry rhubarb pie, pie is yeah. just a wannabe blueberry pie. It's like the same <laughs> tanginess and sweetness vibe. It's just a different color and it's strawberry instead of blueberry. I think it's not as good. Max, um, Max, Max, yeah. Maxwell. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, Maxwell? <laughs> um, um, what, what was that you said? What was that last pie you threw in there, bro? What, I was run that pumpkin. back. P- pumpkin. Oh, Pumpkin's so amazing. I like pumpkin pie. Oh, so y'all both like that shit. <laughs> Dude, okay, so this is actually, this is a, a weird say, thing that I've noticed. Okay, People that ahead. love sweet potato pie hate don't on go there, bro. pie for don't no go, reason. Don't go there, dog. And it's bullshit. It is don't bullshit. Don't go there, bro. Don't <laughs> go there, I, I like bro. both. I like, I, like, I like sweet potato and uh, pumpkin. Max, we love you back, bro. No, you know no, never no smoke towards you, Max. You are immune. <laughs> Will, I'm talking to you, buddy. <laughs> What's the, what's this about sweet potato pie people? We never hate on y'all. It's always people that eat pumpkin pie. <laughs> you got to throw one out. Wait, so Max, if we rerun the tape, 
who initiated the conflict after you've asked for pumpkin pie? Was it nearly headless Nick? I I just asked. I just asked. <laughs> like that blasphemy. That's all. I never really even had pumpkin pie. I think I had that joint once Man. and it tasted so bad. And like people rave about that shit, bro. What I will say, it's not pie, but um, when you like roast pumpkin seeds, I, in my experience, it's never as good as like I like want it to be. It always is like kind of weird to eat pumpkin seeds. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Pumpkin seeds are overrated. Um, but pumpkin pie, the thing is also like people will put out low grade versions of pumpkin pie, just like with apple pie, where you'll get, you know, like McDonald's will put out an apple pie and it's not apple pie, you know? So with yeah. pumpkin pie, you need quality control. If it's homemade or if it's at a good restaurant, it's going to be really one. good. Um, yeah, but you can get same with the pecan pie. I would say pumpkin pecan and apple are the ones where you get like the knockoffs and blueberry mm. sometimes too, but like. If you get a good blueberry pie, like if you go to a, a restaurant that's in a rural place, like near a farm or something, and they got blueberry pie, that's where you get blueberry pie and it'll blow you away. Same with apple pie. It'll blow you away. Okay. Now see ap apple pie ice cream that my shit. Yeah. Blueberry pie. Mm, I can't think of the last time I had that shit. I'm going to try it. I'm, I'm going to try okay. to make one and see how it comes out. I, and I and for that reason, I'm gonna put blueberry pie in Bobatons because I think that if you do it with the attention to detail, it becomes elevated and it's like high level cuisine. But if you just you know, if it's just any old person throwing together a blueberry pie, or if it's like bought from a from a Walmart or whatever, it's not gonna it's not gonna make memories in your brain. Any old person making blueberry pie. <laughs> that, that should no, be I think if I think if it's a person making it homemade and they try hard, it'll come out really well. But if you're just, you know, if you're not like measuring and doing that stuff, I don't think it will. But I think this, anyone can make a good blueberry pie. This is the funniest thought I've had in the last few minutes, though. I just remember what blueberry muffins taste like. It was like, oh, no, nah, blueberry pie has to be fired. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know if that's a similar taste, but if it is, golly, blueberry pie must be dope. Um, I'm gonna sort no, those it things. Is. I'm gonna sort the. I'm gonna sort them joints into. Um, I'm sort them in the Gryffindor, man, because even when you think about the ones that knocked it out of like its top three spot, as far as like me and Max were concerned, those are like next level, like dishes right there. You know what I mean? Just in general, like those come up. Those just come up bigger than anything else. So, shout outs to Blueberry Pie. For staying in the top four, you're like, you're almost like the little Wayne of pies. You know what I'm saying? No matter what, nobody can forget your impact. Yeah. Well, you ain't number one, motherfucker. Not here. Wait, Lil Wayne's not number one? I don't know. They, they, you gotta remember, every list ain't our list, bro. You know what I was listening to uh, this week? This is just a Lil Wayne thing. Mm -hmm. I was listening a lot. I've been listening a lot to The Block is Hot. And <laughs> It's oh, so different than every other Lil Wayne album. Like, you know how people always go like Lil Wayne just talks about the same three or four things, but like the block Bye. is hot. It's just so like vulnerable and personal and all that shit. And I'm listening mm -hmm. to it and I'm going like, yeah, if we had appreciated this more, he would have went in this direction more. Yeah. And I kind of hope he tries to make an album like that again. I do hope that.
A hundred percent. Fuck the world was on that. Um, that song's amazing. Was on that album. That's the best song on that album, I think. Yeah. If you if you guys never heard that, if you ever go through anything, listen to that song. You'll you'll vibe to it. Trust me. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, I again sort that into Gryffindor. Yep. So Max, where would you sort blueberry pie? Honestly, before uh, anyone said it, I was gonna go with Bobaton. I feel like, nice. uh, yeah, I feel like that's uh, that might be that might be pie in general, or like I feel like yeah, yeah. Starts, I just feel like a Bobaton. Now I think thing. I think that like sweet the best sweet potato pie is gonna be in Hufflepuff and probably apple pie too. I'm going to Hufflepuff for those pies. That's where it, that's where Sprout is. Yeah, anytime yeah. I want the pie cooked by a grandma, I'm going Hufflepuff. Anytime I want it cooked by a chef, I'm going Bobaton. And anytime I'm just like, just make it unhealthy and sugary and stuff and taste, then, then I'm going Slytherin. Like pecan, I might go Slytherin. I don't know why. There was something about Slytherin. That I was like, I feel like they food going to be really good. Key lime pie, I'm for sure going Slytherin. Key lime pie is the national dish of Slytherin. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> the Slytherin pie is just going to be like some crazy like fruit you've never heard of. And dragon fruit like, pie. Yeah, like a dragon fruit pie, something insane. Yeah, somebody um, needs to suffer I, for a Slytherin dessert. Yeah, I also, I don't know if I would associate sweets with Hogwarts or uh, even like the UK in general. I feel like the Hogwarts pie would be like shepherd's pie. Yeah. Gryffindor is a shepherd's pie for yeah. sure. Yeah. Gryffindor is a lot of and chicken pot pie and all that yeah. is, is Gryffindor. Ooh. Yeah. Hey, I had one chicken pot pie from KFC when I was younger. It was on point, bro. And then I bought one <laughs> in the microwave at home. That shit was so bad. I haven't had a pot pie since then. But you still love the KFC pot pies. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Our uh, sponsor, KFC Popeyes from 2006. Dude, if we got KFC to be a sponsor, I would be so happy about that. Man. <laughs> Actually, you'd be so happy. I'd have a shirt on. <laughs> Next episode, we'll have the Colonel on as our guest. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to definitely have to turn my screen off. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, this is fun, y'all. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode... I'm going to say 54. I should have looked this up. <laughs> Maybe episode 54 of the Fatherhood podcast. Really like episode shit, 120-something now. Yeah. So everyone, let's round this it's out. It's 44. 44 of the non-quarantines. Got you. And I'll be fully vaccinated in a week. And then, yeah. Hey, I'll be fully vaccinated on the 5th. Nice. Yeah. So they've they've said, though, once you're fully vaxxed, you don't need to wear a mask outside anymore. Oh, that makes me happy. Yeah. Good. Good. Now it's going to be a lot of people lying about how vaxxed they are. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's the issue. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you motherfuckers just don't know what to say. Yeah. Anyhow. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Potterhood Podcast. Will, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Will Posnan. Max, where can they find you? They can find me on all social media at Max Marcus Comedy and check out the MaxCast. And you can find me on Instagram at NicoWhite93. I have another podcast about One Piece. It's called One Piece of Mind. You can check that out on the Paper House Network. 
And ladies and gentlemen, if you have a YouTube account, make sure to check out my new special. It's called Dark Out, D-A-R-K-O-U-T. Check that out. Give it a look. Let me know what you think. We are the Potterhood Podcast. Will on three. One, two, three. Mischief, Mischief managed. managed. Oh.